there are three constants in life. Truth, lies, and statistics. Guess which one Karen Jean-Pierre decided to go with? Uh, let's talk about this Hunter Biden disaster, and it is becoming a disaster. And what are the most banned books in the country, according to the American Librarian Association? You might be surprised, and you might want to piss on uh, Barnes & Noble. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, if I don't talk to you tomorrow, it's because I'm probably dead in a little blood puddle in the middle of the road, so I'm taking my new electronic bike out for a 10-mile ride because I have to actually get someplace today. I don't drive, so... I actually need to do this, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Yesterday I went on it; well, it was okay. I, actually, I have the fat tires, so it's all road. It seems to work really well. Um, we'll see how it goes, but I have to ride down uh, a rather busy street. So, and I can't seem to find any off. I can't seem to find any side roads. So we're gonna take a risk, and hopefully that bike lane is thick enough, and I can just ride straight. Okay, so let's get to let's get to some of our stories. So our first story here, um, <laughs> I got to tell you, here we go again. So according to the Daily Wire, the U.S. military released a new new details Monday afternoon about another mysterious balloon that recently flew over Hawaii last week. "Quote: Applying newly established parameters for monitoring monitoring U.S. airspace." the Department of Defense and Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, detected and observed on April 28th an unmanned balloon off the coast of Hawaii floating approximately 36,000 feet, a DOD spokesman said in a statement. Quote, ownership of the balloon is unknown, but there is no indication that it is maneuvering or being controlled by a foreign air adversarial actor, end quote, the statement claimed. Quote, the balloon did not transit directly over defense critical infrastructure or other U.S. government sensitive sites, nor did it pose a military or physical threat to the people on the ground. End quote. Officials said that it did not pose a civil a threat to civil aviation despite it flying at an altitude uh, common in civil aviation. So we don't know anything. Basically, there's another balloon up there. We don't know anything about it. I mean, we don't even know the size. We don't know if it's carrying a payload. Sounds like it's not. It's not over U.S. ground, so maybe we'll let it go. And it also shows that the the Biden administration is a little bit gun-shy about shooting down a $20 hobby balloon with a $400,000 missile, which they really... I mean, I tell you, they bit the goat on that last those last balloons. I mean, shooting down forty dollar balloons, weather balloons, and it, by the way, in Hawaii, yeah, they launch these balloons all the time because Hawaii has they're they're always trying to read atmospheric conditions in the Pacific. So this is nothing new. But I do want to point out this is what weakness and incompetence gets you. Something like a balloon can now be seen as a national. Emerge a national security emergency, and <laughs> I mean before we're worried about satellites, we're worried about spy plane. Now we're worried about balloons because the Chinese just don't have any fear. So there's there's a wonderful thing. I, I tell you what, between Afghanistan, the Sudan, and um, the spy balloons, 
the Biden administration is going to have a lot to answer for during these debates coming up for the next presidential election. I can't even believe they're having this guy run. Okay, uh, so this is this is this is awesome, and it is big in the news. Now we talked yesterday about the killing of five people by an illegal alien that was deported three times, uh, including a nine-year-old boy, or eight or nine years old. He was, I think, he had just he was just turning nine, and the guy was shooting up in the air, and the people complained, and the guy just walked in. He was drunk, of course, walked in and started shooting people. Well, I want you to listen to John Pierre actually describe this tragedy and tell me if you see what's missing here. And I also want to point out that uh, I'll point out I point this stuff out when she when we're finished listening to her. But I'm sure you'll get it right off the bat. Okay, so let's listen to Jean-Pierre. She really had a wild time yesterday. On Friday evening, a nine-year-old child was murdered along with four others in yet another shocking, horrific act of gun violence in America, this time in Cleveland, Texas. Two of the women killed were discovered on top of surviving children and appeared to be shielding them from gunfire. In all, five people were murdered by an individual armed with a powerful AR-15 style rifle. As the manhunt for the suspected assailant continues, we urge the public to heed all guidance from law enforcement officials and stay safe. Federal law enforcement agencies have been providing assistance and support to local law enforcement as they work to respond to this tragedy and, and, lo and locate the suspect. The president was briefed on the shooting on Saturday morning, and he and the first lady are praying for those killed in the attack, for their surviving loved ones, and for the broader Cleveland community. The but the president believes prayers alone are not enough. Congress must act because what makes tragedies like this one all the more heart-wrenching is the fact that it is entirely within our power to take these weapons of war off our streets. The majority of Americans and the majority of gun owners support common sense measures to reduce gun violence. The president continues to believe that Congress must act without delay. It's not too late to save lives and prevent the next mass shooting. Now, as you all know, this afternoon, the president and the first lady. Well, she's well, the president and she are right about one thing. It is possible to prevent this. One of the ways to prevent this is close the border so that the illegal alien who is a criminal just for crossing the border doesn't cross the border and get the opportunity to start shooting people. And, and the other thing here is, oh, get the guns off the street. Hello, he was illegal. He wasn't allowed to have a gun. He was already violating the law by having the rifle in the first place. This is what these people don't get. He was an illegal alien. That should be what was concentrated on. If he wasn't in the country, the murder would not have happened. To sit there and say, we need to get these weapons off the streets is stupid. Because the criminals are always going to get the weapons. This is exactly an example of that. This guy had no business with a gun. It was already illegal for him to own the gun. It is not the mean old AR-15. The AR-15 didn't get up and just start shooting people. Somebody did it. And by the way, we see this. 
Remember the mass shooting in Alabama where I think seven people or five or seven people were killed at a Sweet 16 party? Do you notice we're not hearing anything about that? This was one of the largest mass shootings in Alabama history. Well, why isn't being talked? Because five black gang members were arrested. Again, it's not the shooter. It's the gun. When it when the uh, shooters, the victimizers, do not match the narrative. And that's exactly what's happened in this case, which will be forgotten by the media. They're going to want to drop this as soon as they can. And which was forgotten in Alabama. And the media has already dropped that. So, absolutely amazing. But then, now we get to, this led to uh, Karen Jean-Pierre's real Kamala-ism moment. And this was a doozy. So let's get to her Kamala-ism. And this Kamalaism deserved the donkey. By the way, how do you like that one? I know I have to fix the audio a little bit, make it a little shorter and fade out. But hey, it's a, it's a start. <coughs> so honestly, this may have been the greatest lie I have ever heard any press secretary say on the podium. I, I And that says a lot because I've been watching politics for a really long time. Listen to this most asinine statement said by Karen Jean-Pierre. He has tools that he's used to, to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way, uh, and in a, in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has, it has, um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90%. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. That's that's an incredible statement. What is she talking about? Listen, I said in the introduction, there are three constants, truths, lies, and um, truths, lies, and statistics. This one is a clear lie. There is no way you can twist statistics to make any of this true. In 2022, 2.76 million people crossed the border. We average 200,000 illegal aliens crossing the border a month and between seven, that's seven and eight, that's between seven and 8,000 a day. Title 42 is supposed to end in nine days and it doesn't look like it's going to be approved this time. It doesn't look like a court is actually going to stop this. They are expecting between 14 and 15,000 illegal crossings a day. You do the math as to how many people that is. It's going to be about 5 million people a year crossing. Absolutely incredible that she could even say that. Well, I'll give her one bit of credit. She didn't blame Donald Trump. That's usually what she does. She didn't do that. So good for her. I'll give her that. But that's incredible. By the way, how much of a non-crisis is the border? Well, Joe Biden has just approved a plan 
to send 1,500 U.S. troops to the border to stop people from crossing. Now, again, I don't know what that means. You, you, you've, got a, you've got a bunch of Border Patrol agents right now at the border, and they're not really allowed to do much. I don't know what 1,500 troops are going to do. But this is the whole thing with the Biden administration. It's just lie. We don't have a we don't have this 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 disaster. We don't have any of this, but meanwhile, uh, we're gonna send fifteen hundred troops down. She never talked about that. Meanwhile, uh mayors Lori Lightfoot of Chicago and Eric Adams of New York are bitching and moaning about all of the illegal aliens coming into their cities. Well, not coming into their cities being put into their cities by Greg Abbott of Texas. They said their economies are taking a beating because of all these illegal aliens. Now, let's give you an example. Chicago's received about 35,000 illegal aliens. Texas is receiving, or I'm sorry, Texas. New York is receiving about 50,000 illegal aliens. Now, I just want to point out, Texas is getting about 150,000 illegal aliens a month. These cities have gotten less than 60,000 illegal aliens since this disaster started with Biden. That's it. That's all they're getting, and they're bitching and moaning. Now, mind you, Lori Lightfoot of Chicago, when she was interviewed, she basically said they need help. The, the border crisis needs to be fixed, but she blamed Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. She didn't blame Joe Biden or the federal government. She thinks the federal government should give them more money, right? But she's not going to blame. Uh, she's not going to blame the president. Eric Adams, though, no, he did. This weekend, he actually went out and said the federal government needs to close the border. And he said everything except Joe Biden. But he basically said the federal government has opened the border. It's creating a disaster. And the, the, the federal government needs to close the border. At least Eric Adams is being moderately truthful here. I, I actually kind of like Eric Adams. I just think he's over his head in his job. And I know that he still follows the ideology of leftism, even though he doesn't seem to embrace it as much as, let's say, Lori Lightfoot. But hey, those cities, they got what they deserved. They wanted to be sanctuary cities. This is the, the moral of this moral of this story is, be careful what you ask for. So fuck them. I really don't give a damn what they've got, what they, uh, all the pain. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a step further. Instead of setting busloads of illegal aliens into Texas, and into into Texas and or into Texas into New York and into into Illinois, and I actually sent them to California, which Abbott is doing. California is a little bit more embracing, but even govern even Governor Gavin Newsom of California is saying uh, we're having some issues here. We need money. We can't store all these people. And you got to understand where I live. There's lots of illegal aliens. I mean, a lot of illegal aliens, and it's turning my city into a crap hole. Abbott should send plane loads of these illegal aliens, not just buses. 
that hold maybe 100, 200. Send 747s loaded with the illegal aliens to these cities. Send them to Washington. Send them to Washington, D.C. Send them to Maryland. Send them to New York. Send them to Massachusetts. Send them to uh, uh, Illinois. Send them to California, Washington, Oregon. Every one of these states that wants to be a sanctuary state, send them all there. And I mean clear them out. And I'll even go so far, don't even give them an option. Just sit there. Okay, you're going to, where do you want to go? You've got a choice between these five cities. Where do you want to go? And then send them there. All right. So let's get into a story I should have hit up on yesterday, but just didn't have any time. Um, Hunter Biden is becoming a real nuisance. Uh, this mess is going to haunt Joe Biden. And it's going, even, I think, if the Trump campaign and the DeSantis campaign do not start going after Joe Biden on Hunter. It would be, I mean, right now, Trump is not. He's going after DeSantis, which I think is crazy. Though this weekend, he seemed to be going after Biden a little bit more. But I think they need to beat the crap out of uh, Biden when it comes to this Hunter Biden laptop. And this Hunter Biden laptop, everybody and their mother has already said the thing's real. So the New York Times, the Washington Post, NPR. Political. They all said the laptop's real. So now Biden's going to have to answer this a little bit. Because we also know, and this came out, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago, it's not just Hunter Biden, it's not just Joe Biden's brother, and it's not just uh, Hunter Biden or uh, Bo Biden's sister that are receiving, the girlfriend, wife, excuse me, that are receiving money. It's 17 of Joe Biden's family members are receiving money from these foreign interests. The only person we do not absolutely 100% positively know is getting anything from this is Joe Biden himself. And that's because they use code words. So we know now we're finding through emails, it's getting worse. We're finding that Biden officials are actually involved in this mess in helping Hunter Biden kind of hide these problems. Now, we already knew this was happening. Remember those 50 CIA agents that sat there and signed a letter saying that all this was Russian disinformation? And it turned out, no, it's not Russian disinformation. It's actually legitimate information. And nope, it wasn't received by hacking. It was received because Hunter Biden, in a drug-frenzied stupor, left his laptop at, at the office. We are now knowing that all of this stuff is coming true. All these emails are, are legitimate. So according to Fox News, and now it's even hitting the Biden administration. People of the, the Biden administration are actually guilty of this stuff. So, according to Fox News, Secretary of State Antony Blinken held a meeting with Hunter Biden at the State Department on July 2015 when he was serving as Deputy Secretary of State in the Obama-Biden administration, and Hunter was on board of the Ukrainian energy firm Burmisa, Burmisma, according to emails reviewed and verified by Fox News Digital. Fox News actually had the emails. So it's going to be very difficult to say, oh, they don't exist. 
The ties between Blinken and Hunter Biden could face increased scrutiny after the former CIA deputy director, Michael Morell, testified to the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees last week that Blinken, as President Biden's then campaign senior advisor, quote, played a role in the inception, end quote, of the public statements signed by intelligence officials claiming Hunter's abandoned laptop was part of Russian disinformation campaign just weeks before the 2020 presidential election. Emails from the infamous abandoned laptop that Blinken sought to discredit show that Hunter had ties to Blinken and his wife, Evan Ryan, dating back over a decade, having scheduled meetings with him while he was on the board of Burisma, and Blinken was Deputy Secretary of State. In an email on May 22, 2015, Hunter tried to schedule a meeting with Blinken so he could get the Deputy Secretary's, quote, advice, end quote, on some things. Yeah, so now the corruption, now we're beginning to see the roots of corruption. It's not just the Biden family. Now it's already, who else is in there? Anthony Blinken, I mean, this guy should have been fired a long time ago. Why wasn't he? He's probably involved in all this stuff. You also have to wonder about Alejandro Mayorkas, all of these other guys that should have been fired but haven't been fired. Why not? The Biden administration has yet to fire anybody. Do you notice that? The only guy they fired was the trans guy who likes puppy play and was stealing luggage at airports. That's the only guy they fired and took them a month to fire that guy. Here's the problem. Uh, One of the most powerful people in the country has a son who's a drug-addicted, whore-renting, corrupt degenerate. And he's going to have to deal with that. And there are emails that are pointing that some of the money that this guy was illegally getting from foreign countries like the Ukraine that, coincidentally, we're paying for, and China, which coincidentally, we're just kind of ignoring. And he's going to have to explain all that. And it gets worse. For Blinken, he lied to Congress. He said he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden. And he had nothing to do, or he he had nothing to do with, uh, he was the one who was heading the Russia conspiracy about Hunter Biden's laptop. Well, this these emails prove that he directly knew what was going on with Hunter Biden. He knew that all this stuff was legal. So he actually lied to Congress. I wonder if anything's going to happen to him. Well, we all know the answer. The answer is nothing's going to happen to him. Okay, let's get to our last story of the day. And this one's kind of a doozy. I I, I love this. So I, I go to Barnes & Noble. And the reason we go to Josie and I and her kids, they actually like it. We like to go to Barnes & Noble because it's just a fun place. We can get a coffee. We can go look at some books. We can usually buy books. Josie will buy her grandkids some stuff. Um, Josie's kids like to buy books. I mean, I don't think they ever read them, but bookstores are awesome. Okay. Well, one of the areas that uh, Barnes & Noble has decided to put up, like good leftists that they are, is a banned book section. 
Now, this banned books section is interesting because they talk about books being banned such as 1984, Brave New World, um, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, The Idiot by Dostoevsky. I mean, books that actually aren't banned. Now, the irony is, in a banned book section, typically you shouldn't be able to sell books that are actually banned. So that's where the irony stays. The books aren't actually banned. These are books that they say, the Barnes & Noble says, are not allowed in schools. And some of the books shouldn't be allowed in schools, so I won't lie. I mean, to be honest with you, um, Brave New World is a very disturbing book, but and same with 1984, and they probably don't belong in a grammar school because, one, they're very complex to read, and two, they've got a lot of sex and violence and, and stuff like that that maybe kids don't need to read now. Maybe they should read later, not to mention there is a level of capacity that a kid has to have to actually understand what those books are saying. So I can see 1984 or Brave New World banned. Um, I have a hard time with books like uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, which, by the way, is not banned anywhere. So I don't understand what that. Yes, it says the N-word a bunch of times, but it's, again, it's based on the time. And the book has a very abolitionist view of black-white relations. It just points out the reality. These are books that shouldn't be banned. Anyway, so, but my point is, these books are actually not banned. They were questioned, and a lot of these books were not questioned by the right. They were questioned by the left. The book left wanted to ban them. The right wants to ban books. Well, the, li the uh, American Librarian Association decided to, to release their top 10, and it, I think it ended up being 13 books, that have been challenged and have been banned by grade schools. And we're talking schools between kindergarten and 12th grade. So some of the books haven't been banned in high schools, like 9th through 12th grade. So it, it's kind of messed up. Let's take a look at those books, and let's see if these books are comparable to, let's say, 1984 or To Kill a Mockingbird, or To Brave New World, shall we? Okay, so the number one book that has been... Let's start from the bottom. Let's start from the bottom. Okay, so the number 10 book, and this is tied, is a book called This Book is Gay by Juno Dawson. Okay, so this is what it was challenged for. LGBTQIA plus content providing sexual education. I like that one. Claim to be sexually explicit. It teaches about oral sex, anal sex. It teaches about uh, using condoms, masturbation. Yeah, it's not claimed to be sexually explicit. The book is sexually explicit. Providing sexual education? Okay, first off. If a parent doesn't want their child taught about sexual education because he or she believes that it is up to the parent and the parent is going to do it in their own way, however way that is, that's up to the parent. But anal sex between boys and girls, boys, that's not sexual education. Giving blowjobs is not sexual education. Not any sexual education that I ever went through. 
But that's what this book talks about. So maybe as a parent, I wouldn't want this type of sexual, and I put this in scare quotes, sexual education being taught in my class. All right, so this is asinine, and I did actually look at this book, so it is a pretty bad book. So a tie, me and Earl and the dying girl. Profanity claims to be sexually explicit. There's a lot of cussing. Cussing, I don't mind. That's just kind of a thing in books. Uh, claims to be, I, I don't actually know anything about this book. I heard that there there is there is sex in there, but I, I don't know what it is, so I'm not even going to comment but if there is the term claimed to be sexually explicit then yeah you can assume that there is some major sex in there okay 10 again a 10 this is a tide for 10 is crank by ellen hopkins now i did read this book and this is actually a very good book okay now it's being challenged for drug use and claimed to be sexually explicit Okay, there's no claiming to be sexually explicit. This is a sexually explicit book. It is about a girl who decides to go into uh, hard drugs like heroin, methamphetamine. It is a very cleverly written book. It is a very good book. It is not for kids. It talks about her shooting up. It talks about her selling her body to get money to buy drugs. There is a lot of sex in the book. It is not for kids. Now, is this book banned? It is not banned. I've got it on my shelf. It is a very good, it is actually a very cleverly written book. It's written in prose. And the idea with the prose, it's like a poem. And the poem comes in different uh, shapes with the words. She actually makes shapes out of the words, out of the uh, prose, which is very entertaining, very easy to read. And it just shows the mood that the drug addict is in. But it is definitely not for kids. Okay, uh, a court of the mist and the fury claimed to be sexually explicit. Uh, again, this is talking about there is a sexual tension between the two characters. Um, there's masturbation, things like that. This would actually fall along the line of you know some books out there that you probably shouldn't have read for kids. They shouldn't be banned. There's nothing really inherently wrong with them if you're mature enough. For example, uh, a college student, yeah, he could read this book. As a matter of fact, there's another book in here that we're going to talk about that um, is also along the same lines. I believe it's a great college book. I don't think it's a book for teenagers. I don't think maybe a teenager for this book. Probably not, because it's something the teacher's going to have to explain. Again, this is more of the sex education thing that you may have to answer as a teacher, and I don't think a teacher should be answering that. So, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I don't think this one was that bad. Out of the Darkness by Ashley Hope Perez is number nine. Um, this one is a pretty brutal book. Uh, this is a claim, depiction of abuse, child abuse child sexual abuse it's claimed to be sexually explicit no it is sexually explicit this is not a good book i actually read a couple of the chapters here this should not be in the hands of kids um here's another one number eight is the absolutely true diary of a part-time indian by sherman alexi 
I don't know about this book. A lot of profanity. There is some discussion of masturbation and things like that. I don't know much about it. Um, Lawn Boy. Okay, Lawn Boy, again, by Jonathan Evison. That's number seven. LGBTQIA plus content uh, claimed to be sexually explicit. Talks about a couple of boys having sex, masturbating, fantasizing. Again, not appropriate. Uh, Parts of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chomsky. Uh, again, depiction of sexual abuse of a child. That right there should be enough that the book shouldn't be in a um, grammar school library. I, I just don't know what the problem is with people understanding that. Except that a lot of sexual abuse, the left is actually trying to make not abuse. They are going out of their way to try and make this stuff into legal. I mean, California is already doing it. A 24-year-old man can have sex with a 15-year-old girl right now in California. That would be legal. So that's what it is. Again, more LGBTQI plus content, drug use, profanity, claimed to be, claimed to be sexually explicit. I do want to point out when they said claimed to be. They're basically saying, well, it's not really sexual, but there are some people that get, yeah, no, I think oral sex with between two men, two boys, I think that's pretty sexually explicit. I don't know. Maybe I'm way off here. Let's take a look at number five, and this is a tie. Um, Looking for Alaska by LGBTQI plus IA plus content and claim to be sexually explicit. Um. I think this is a graphic novel, and again, yes, this is, again, just more fantasy and masturbation, things like that, and, you know, the fantasy is with another boy. It, again, this is this stuff just doesn't belong in a school, and this one should be number four, Flamer by Mike Curado, uh, LGBTQI plus content, claimed to be sexually explicit. Again, this book I've heard about, I read a couple chapters, it's sexually explicit. It's a boy fantasy, fantasizing about sleeping with another boy. I, 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 and by the way, with these novels, there's just, there really is nothing about it that is good. I, why, why even do this? I, I, and by the way, I wouldn't like the book in there. For example, one of my favorite books is... Uh, Less Than Zero. Another book I loved was A Clockwork Orange. I thought those were great books. I don't want them in the school. Those have nothing to do with uh, gay sex. It's just the sex is extreme. And, of course, rape scenes and things like that. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be in there. Okay, now this is one that I've read more than once. And I actually like the book. It's called The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. This one is absolutely incredible. So, depiction of sexual abuse. There's a lot of sexual abuse in The Blue Side. There's rape. There's gang rape. I think there's, in this book, I'm not sure which one of Toni Morrison's books does this, but I think it's The Blue Side. It is the most brutal book she's ever written. Okay. Um, this one is... Uh, I believe there is actually bestiality in this book. 
I read this book in college. I thought it was a very good book. Very, I mean, I read this in a day. It was a very good book. Uh, again, not for kids. This is not even for high school kids. This book is for college kids. This is something interesting, and it's the only book that's been announced. EDI content. What is EDI? Equity, diversity, and inclusion. So basically, people don't want you, their kids to read this book because they're racist. There is no equity, diversity, or inclusion in this book. Now, let me give you a little hint about Toni Morrison, and I like her as an author. I've read most of her work. Okay, Toni Morrison is a racist. She believes the entire country is systemically racist. She believed that to the day she died. She is. She actually embraces BLM uh, philosophy. She embraces uh, uh, communism. She hates capitalism. All right. That's what this book pushes. Now, all her books push this, by the way. All of them do. I'm one of these guys who can read a book and just separate myself from that crap and just enjoy the story. But this book does bring this up. It's everything that happens to the black folk and, and everything that happens to all black folk in these books is because of the white man. It's always. Now, this book is centered during Jim Crow. And one of the reasons I, I kind of like this book is because Jim Crow was a brutal time. This was the 30s, 40s, and 50s. So this was a brutal time for blacks. And there was systemic racism. The only reason EDI is, a, is an issue for Toni Morrison, she doesn't talk about, it. none of her books talk about what happened after the Civil Rights Act. Everything is before. Of course, she's dead now, so that's not a thing. But as far as EDI, that's not necessarily something bad. But that's to prove, that's to tell you, you are a racist if you wanted this book banned. Here's a newsflash. This book does not belong in school. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. And of course, claim to be sexually explicit. My ass, that book is extremely sexually explicit. And I keep confusing Toni Morrison's book, but I believe one of the gals that was raped was a virgin. So it discussed all of the, her bleeding and the pain. And it, it is a brutal book. This is not a book that belongs in school. And by the way, they don't put Beloved in there. They don't put Sula in there to be banned because those books are not that bad. This one, yeah, it's tough. All boys aren't blue. Again, LGBTQIA plus content claimed to be sexually explicit. It basically talks about a trans kid. Yeah, no, doesn't belong in school. And the last but not least, Gender Queer, a memoir by... Maya, Maya Kobabi, who's, I believe, a, a gay man. LGBTQ content claimed to be sexually explicit. Uh, there's no claims here. This is a, a matter of fact, you can go on Twitter or Facebook. Images of the book, because it is a graphic novel. Images of the book show blow, boys giving each other blowjobs, boys in bed together. This is not something that kids, this is the worst kind. Because kids don't even have to read it. They can just look at the pictures. Terrible book. Now, let me tell you something. Let me ask you something. Um, did you see any requests to ban, let's say, 
To Kill a Mockingbird? Did you see any requests to ban 1984? Did you see any requests to ban um, Brave New World? Did you see any requests to ban uh, um, Animal Farm? These are books that actually are an idea of form an ideology. No one's asking to ban those books. Do you know why? Those books aren't there anyway. The library, the American Librarian Association has banned those books already. It's very difficult to find those in a school classroom because of the language and stuff like that. Heck, they're banning Huck, they're banning um, Mark Twain. They're banning books like that because the N-word is used. By the way, Mark Twain, just a little FYI, he was an abolitionist. He never owned a slave in his life. He's being demonized by the left. And he was wholly against slavery. So any of these books, none of these books belong in a, in a library. So the Library Association, basically, and I genderqueer, I've looked at genderqueer. Okay, I was able to get that as a freebie from um, Amazon. And, um, yeah, the book is brutal. It has no business in the classroom. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless you all. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.